so you still don't get more of that podcast. Sorry, sorry. Just Good time record. to hit record. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Just before I forget, I always forget. Oh yeah, I understand. No worries. Mm. Um, I, I'm recording on my end too, by the way, just in case if you that's, need my audio, because that's wonderful. There may, Thank you. May end up being some lag. My internet's notoriously bad. No worries. <laughs> As has been brought up on many a podcast. So that's so Sorry. easy here, though, Eric, because it's just like subspace interference or temporal distortions. Exactly. A tachyon wave got in the way. Like there's all exactly. sorts of explanations. I mean, the last time I had that, uh, I actually turned it into a temporal thing for the episode, so it was all good. So <laughs> it was perfectly timed out. Yeah, that works. Yeah, exactly. Oh dear. Uh, but everything sorted. Um, family questions yeah, all yeah yeah there was just um you know one of the kids missed the bus <laughs> last minute um you know so and then their dad was stuck at work um and i'm kind of the stepdad and i just happened to be here at the house so you know i had to run across town get them bring them to their dads you know oh, oh, but we, which is but fine so. normally that's totally fine but uh kind of I was like really cutting it close with this, so <laughs> I was Honestly. like ripping my hair out, you know. <laughs> hey, don't worry about it. That's fine. Um, yeah, uh, kids come first. So if it had been the totally. case, we could we could have rescheduled. Don't yeah, don't feel bad. So it's all good. Um, I think we're sorting out some green screens. I'm here, I'm just ah, <laughs> uh, I'm here. I was just I realized it didn't quite stretch all the way to the edges of the frame and I was trying to figure out if I could and then a fly attacked me. <laughs> just pure yeah. shenanigans. That's yeah, exactly. what Troy and I like to bring, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shenanigan it up. Quality. That's all yeah. good. That's fine by me. Um yeah, it's normally it's just me me and Dan Monday morning. We've just had way too much coffee and that's it. That's all we do. Uh, we're far too tired <laughs> to come up with anything. Riffing on any yeah. ideas not going to happen. That's understandable. It's uh, no, good. It is good. good. It's uh, very good. Yeah, I don't think I could function without it. No, no. I don't think podcasts work without it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Cats and coffee, yeah. that's all it's for. Exactly. Speaking of a cat, look, there's mm-hmm. a cat. I've got a cat. I've got a cat here in my lap right now. Hey. I'm not recording in my normal spot, <laughs> just as a heads up. Uh, so... It's been one of those days. It's okay. <laughs> if you're in, if you're on your special outfits, you know that's okay. You don't need to to, to let us know. It's fine. <laughs> we should uh, really get uniforms to wear when we record. And I'm speaking to all fantastic. three of us here. That it just it seems like we should. That's very oh, true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got the tutu on below there. You just can't see it. That's the. <laughs> thing. Um, but yeah, I'm glad Troy and I were both able to mm. get on this podcast finally. No, thank um, you so much for agreeing to do it. Um, uh, ever since I've listened to uh, Too Young, I've just wanted to get you guys on just because I can just sit back. <laughs> I'm going to hit record and just let you guys go for it, really. Um, <laughs> I, I want the easy show time. notes. No, yeah, no, you're I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> I've literally five lines and then I'm done. I'm okay. I just see it's That's fun. awesome. Welcome to Temple <laughs> Trek. They'll take it from here. Bye. <laughs> Uh, but uh, uh, no, thank you so much, and especially when it's an yeah. episode like this, um, which is you know not always the the top ten in everyone's list or anything like that. It's I think it's harder <laughs> to get people in. Um, uh, you know, I can't. I, I'm not even going to think it's what Code of Honor is going to be. Hundred, maybe all, all Star <laughs> Trek. All all Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm up to a thousand episodes. If you take all like the little 
bits and pieces. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. So oh this is gosh. this is in my top thousand. Um, definitely. <laughs> Man, I I love. Not only do I love your podcast, I love the concept of this show. It's such a unique approach to Star Trek. Uh, you're going. Yeah, yeah, just I mean, obviously the listeners on this podcast know <laughs> the uh, the the whole conceit of the show, but uh, I'm definitely a fan. I'm along for the ride. I need to catch up a little bit, but I'm definitely a fan. That's fine. There is no there's no need to catch up. You know, you can uh, take it as and when you need to. Um, as I was just saying, the the latest episode is Oasis uh, from season one of Enterprise that's only just been posted, and I basically um, just talk about Oasis for the whole episode because I don't want to talk about the episode itself. Uh, so it's just Oasis <laughs> songs all the time. Oh, um, that's great. <laughs> Wonder Walls uh, or Midnight of the Oasis, you know, talk about a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, um, different songs, anything that c- contains the word Oasis, just to not talk about the episode of Enterprise. <laughs> Definitely. Ah, but there we go. But yeah, it all came about from a stupid joke. And now I, I do it f- for every ever. I'm just never going to stop. Yeah, just got to commit. Yeah. I was so oh, glad. I when... know which episode Oasis is. Yes, the, now I uh, remember. Rene Abergenois, uh, play on right. Shadow Play, that one. Yes, okay, okay. Sorry, I had to look it up because I was like, wait, I forgot to do that earlier. Which one is that? <laughs> I forgot the episode. I actually didn't remember it <laughs> at all. I was like, I think I remember this. I, I'm not entirely sure. It was seeing the picture of Rene Abergenois is what reminded me because I saw the the picture on Memory Alpha of like the people they found. I'm like, I don't recognize any about anything about this. And then I saw him and was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's that DS9 episode, but they did it worse. Yep, that's it. But no, it'd be it'd be stuff like um, when the the holograms through the uh, fall through the wall after they've had a fist fight. I said, "Oh, it's a Wonder Wall," so I just play a bit of Wonder Wall uh, and just pad out the episode. That's, very that's good. fantastic. All that kind of stuff. Anyway, any chance to not do any work? Um, yeah. So um, a night in sick bay. That's going to be our thing. Uh, I'll do the usual intros. Uh, as your guests, I will be uh, you know beaming you in. We'll do a little bit about you know how do you discover Trek. Um, if we go. Uh, Troy, then Eric, and then okay. we'll keep it that that format as we go around. But obviously, if you've got an idea, just chuck it in and start talking, and you know we'll go off <laughs> on one from there. And yeah, the ratings criteria are all the same; that hasn't changed from the last couple of episodes. Um, yeah, the only thing that would have been different is the the co-host would have been here, but he can't be here today. Um, sure. He's got he had other, uh, something to come up from work, so he's got to sort of do that as well. <laughs> yeah, understandable. Intro bit, season three, chrono dates. Why did I come up with chrono dates? I just made it harder for myself. <laughs> right, space time, the ever expanding frontier. These are the records of the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise ever. Its mission: to locate every second, contemplate every eon from outside time to the big bang to the 20th century all the way to the end of all existence to do what no sane entity has ever done before this is the temporal trek podcast Hello and welcome to the Temporal Trek podcast. We are in Chronodate, season three, episode 31 of the podcast and season two, episode five of Enterprise, A Night in Sickbay. And I think I'm going to need one after watching this episode. <laughs> I am not going to be alone. Oh, I think a little bit of uh, temporal timey wimeyness came through there. I think I can hear it on the comms device. Uh, I'm going to call through two guests, special guests from uh, Too Young for This Trek. Um, 
starting off with Troy. Troy, can you hear me? Uh, I can. Hello. Uh-huh. And Eric, are you there? Hey, how's it going? Hey, fantastic. I'm so glad the device still calls out. I always forget that I can have guests on the show as well as the co-host. <laughs> and ironically, there's no co-host this week. Um, but uh, hello, guys. Uh, introduce yourselves to the listeners. Uh, where might they know you from? Uh, sure. So uh, I am Troy or Troidal Power. Uh, in, uh, in any place, if you know me, it's probably as Troidal Power. Uh, I do a, a multitude of podcasts and I write about video games and sometimes I stream them and sometimes I draw and make t-shirts and I do a lot of stuff. Uh, but most notably, uh, I contribute to geek to geek Media, uh, which is a video game site. And then uh, for Star Trek related purposes, I am one of the co-hosts of Too Young for This Trek. I'm the shouty one, I think, on Too Young for This Trek. I'd say that's pretty accurate. (laughs) (laughs) And Eric. Hey, so uh, like Troy, I'm also from Too Young for This Trek and several other podcasts, uh, including Epic Fails of History, Comic Zombie, and now the Super Switch Club, um, as well as probably some others that I can't remember right now. Uh, But (laughs) yeah, you can find me all over the place. Uh, Yeah, I'm a podcast addict, I guess. Which which one are you on? on too young for this track eric <laughs> oh uh the guy that spoils everything for tyler i think that's yeah i think that's yep. my role in the show <laughs> that's <laughs> yep i do worry about you guys every time that i feel like there's a conversation <laughs> just about to start and you want to spoil something it's like uh, tyler take the headphones off and then you just give yep. the seat to just talk about it i feel so sorry for you guys not being able to say whatever comes into your head you have to kind of sense yourself I'm so like glad Hagrid. that you. I, I'm I feel so like glad Hagrid. that you can feel Sorry. that tension where you're like, <laughs> I can tell that they wanted to say something, but they can't because yeah. me and Eric and MC all know that that's happening. But I sometimes <laughs> wonder if that comes across on the recording. That's a good point. Well, uh, I, yeah, I, I feel like Hagrid's like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Over here in the UK, we have what's called the watershed hour. So before 9 p.m., um, nobody can swear on British TV. But after 9 p.m., it's open. Open ground, you can say whatever the hell you want, even the C word. You can say it as many times (laughs) as you like. It's absolutely fine. Um, And you can say it quite a lot. And you can see... You can see sort of uh, British celebrities trying to sort of work out in their head when this is going to air and what they can actually get away with saying. Uh, the biggest example over here is the the Graham Norton show, which is like the big. That's, talk. that's immediately oh, what that's popped in my show. head was Graham Norton. Yeah. And as soon as there's an American guest or someone who's used to the American way of doing things, where you can't say anything like that, and they say, "Can we swear?" and they say, "Piss," and that's it. But over here, it's like we say that every day. That's how we wake up. Like, Shit, fuck. That's how I wake up in the morning. It's, it's, it's just easy, That's and it great. just it just it reminds me of that every time you guys have to censor yourself. It's like, can, can we say that? Has he seen that episode? Oh, did we do that one? I can't remember. No, it's a DS9 one. He definitely hasn't seen that one. Yeah, he's it's DS9. He doesn't know. He doesn't was, know. You finally lo- watched one though. You had move we along. Did. Home. Yes. Yeah. That, that's the most recent one, one of the greats. Yeah, one of the great DS And the love how Tyler didn't show up until halfway through the episode, like he was trying to miss it, you know? <laughs> he was going to force you to do it all over again, just to move along. Exactly. <laughs> yep. I can't wait for him to pick the night, the episode we're going to watch as like the next episode we're going to watch. 
That's uh, that's totally what I expect him to do now. And yeah, we'll be like, I, great, cool, cool, good job, Tyler. <laughs> I told him we were going to watch an Enterprise episode. I didn't tell him which one, but I was like, can we just maybe scratch scratch this one off the list? <laughs> like I, I watched no. it once this year already. <laughs> if it comes up, it comes up. Yeah. I thought you were going to do a run of it, like Threshold, Move Along Home, this one, Code of Honor. I thought you were just going to oh, have to be in That there. one's awful. Yeah. <laughs> Shades of Grey. Just just stick it all in. Why not? For the world yeah. is hollow and I have touched the sky. I don't oh. like that episode. I think oh. people like that episode. I don't like that episode. Mm. I remember that one. Yeah. They, they find a spaceship that's an asteroid, but really it's a spaceship and the people don't know they're in a spaceship. Huh. And then they're like, hey you dummies you live in a spaceship because <laughs> kirk can't let people just live their lives oh okay tos yeah okay yeah got it yeah I remember yeah. That one. yeah Long- it's one of those ones where kirk destroys the society you know memories. <laughs> yeah easily done easily done um well i would gladly take some of those episodes over this maybe maybe not uh, code of honor but um over night in sick bay <laughs> um yeah not a favorite of mine even though I don't quite remember all the scenes as Troy and I were just talking before we started recording. Um, there are a couple of scenes in here that I remember happening in enterprise, but I didn't remember it was this episode it was supposed to happen in. I thought it was something that came much later. Uh, the funeral scene for one. And uh, oh, also yeah. uh, some of the other things that come up as well later. Um, but thinking back in the, the ether of time, uh, how did you guys discover Star Trek? What was your origin story? Uh, I'll I'll tell you first. I grew up on Star Trek, so my my parents were both Trekkies, um, watching the original series and reruns when it was on, and I was born just a couple of years into Next Gen being on TV. So like, watching Star Trek was a weekly event throughout my childhood, um, mm-hmm. and I never I was not hugely a fan of it because by the time I was old enough that I you know. I think around seven or eight is where you can like start actually appreciating Star Trek as, mm-hmm. as something important. Uh, and by the time I got to that point, it was something that had become less of a standard in our household. Uh, and then I rediscovered it in college. And when I had many a night where I was definitely sober and hanging out with friends and we would watch Star Trek a lot. Um, and uh, I kept waiting, watching, we watched, I watched all of the original series and then all of Next Gen, waiting for the one like vivid memory I had of Star Trek. And then finally, like four or five years after I got back into it, I got to Bashir and uh, and O'Brien playing darts in, a, in Cork's bar. And that was the image, that was Star Trek in my mind, was this image mm, of these two guys nice. playing darts in a weird sci-fi bar. Um, so I did. I clearly did not absorb much as a child because that's the thing that stuck with me. Um, but yeah, so in, in college, I started watching it on my own and then have watched most of Star Trek two or three times since then. It's just become my like comfort food. Eric? And uh, for me, you know, I, I don't know. Star Trek's kind of always been there. I feel like um, it was definitely my, my uncle was a huge fan. He was a huge Trekkie growing up. And so that kind of, you know, he kind of um what do you call it (laughs) inducted me into (laughs) you know (laughs) the fandom if you will you will be a star trek fan yeah Yeah, basically (laughs) um and it was between that and my dad and i we used to like when i was over at his place we would like do a lot of movie marathons we'd rent a bunch of vhs tapes from uh from like the local blockbuster or whatever and uh one of the ones we liked to do was uh the original star trek movies the tos movies Mm -hmm. and that was like i don't know that was a big part of 
uh, in my childhood, I guess. And then, of course, I eventually like I had watched the shows and stuff as they came on. Like, I remember seeing a lot of TNG early on, you know, um, after school and whatnot, but like the reruns and whatnot. Uh, but it was like, I want to say, yeah, in college where I went back and did a deep dive and watched everything mm-hmm. um, and just really got hooked. You know, I was a huge Star Wars fan um, and uh, you know, I just, I love sci-fi in general, but there was something different about Star Trek, something that really spoke to me, you know, the, mm-hmm. uh, the philosophy of it, the, uh, I don't know, the, the moral dilemmas and all that, you know, the really deep stuff really, that's where it's at, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and you've come on for this episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and the time travel stuff. I've always been a huge fan of, uh, you know, history and time travel and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, Yeah really glad to be here <laughs> you reminded me Eric, of of an additional detail about about star trek and my childhood pre pre me getting into star trek my star trek legacy uh <laughs> is that my parents had the box set of the original series movies which if you haven't seen them oh yeah at least on the american vhs tapes the spines of them are a picture of the mm. must be the enterprise i think B it's the enterprise a right is, yeah. it, is it the a or it's a yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. a yeah and it's it's like just a front-on shot of it and that never watched them no that I can remember as a kid. I don't think I watched those tapes, but I always remember seeing those tapes and how cool it looked at that they all together formed the spaceship. Yep, and then right next shelf. to them, <laughs> right next to them alphabetically was the Star Wars original trilogy yep. box set of VHS, which is what I was always watching. But those ones always looked really cool. <laughs> I always liked how those movies kind of flew, I mean, uh, flowed into one another, you know, two, mm. three, and four, like, they're very different tonally as we've talked about on our podcast, but they do have a through line, which I always appreciated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Something I'm going to appreciate because I get to do two, three and four all in one go. So all it's much thing. easier. I was just that, wondering oh, about that. Nice. Cause That's I get cool. to cut That's out all the 1980s stuff yeah. from four. So it's just yeah, that those right. two scenes either end and then <laughs> that's it. So I'm that's doing three movies approach. for two. So it's, it's much easier. Yeah. Um, and before we officially started, I was saying, you know, Troy and I are really excited to be here. I've always been a fan of the conceit of this show, the whole chronological thing. I think that's really interesting. So uh, <laughs> it was weird. And it's, I was, it's especially, it's especially, I don't know. It's appropriate because we're in three different time zones. So there's like that layer to it too. Right. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. It's and it's weird because I was listening to you guys um, before I even realized that you uh, like were listening to uh, Temple Trek because <laughs> I, I like the idea that you were doing it scattergun that you were just going to be throwing everything at at, uh, at uh, Tyler and just seeing what sort of stuck and I like the idea that there is literally no plan to it and I, you know next week. Yeah, whatever next week brings up, it could be something completely different. And yet you found like these consistencies, these horniness weeks. Um, <laughs> the horniness alone as a throughput for Star Trek. Yeah. Um, that's the main throughput for Star Trek. Is, exactly. That's if what it, you don't realize. Star Trek is very horny. Just, yeah. Yeah. And and not just, you know, the kind of enterprise horny, the, the sexy Trek we've been talking about. There's horniness, even in just the unusual stuff. Just, oh, yeah. Yeah. it's there. It's right there. And why no one noticed? I don't know why. But you guys have. So that's the main thing. And if it isn't that, it's cats, obviously, or people's toes. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I always like that. <laughs> I worry sometimes that I have said the word horny more. I'm too young for this Trek than I have ever said it anywhere else in my life. And then I think maybe that's not something to worry about because it's not like you should be walking around. Like, horny is not a word you use on a daily basis. But no. I do use it in, in Too Young for this I mean, maybe you don't. 
<laughs> it's a balance thing. If you don't get to say it in real life, you get to say it everywhere else. So I'll put a little dinger in here. So as the episode goes along, if Horny comes up. Oh, my. There's ding. There we go. It goes again. Like that. Uh, there we go. Um, well, uh, we've got our work cut out with the first the, scene like, as well. Military jet coming to drop a bomb on me for our horniness right now. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so loud. Don't let them talk about the episode. <laughs> also, I wonder how soundproof this recording shed is as I shout about horniness in the middle of the day. Oh my! Wait, Troy, you have a recording shed now too? Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm straight up. Look at this. I'm in a shed. There's shit behind me. <laughs> <laughs> we all have podcasting sheds i don't i don't I think wish. daniel is in a podcasting shed currently though i am currently in my front room uh, i've sent the kids to bed my wife is upstairs uh, currently doing all of the work uh, because she actually has a proper job um she's yeah. a teacher so she's got all the marking and oh, all the kind of stuff that to is do. a proper job yeah. yeah yeah and there's a lot of stress at the moment because there's the catch-up the covid catch-up over here right. where oh, every yeah. every child That's whether whatever year they're in they're they're two years behind educational wise so oh, wow you've got to get a year five up to a year seven level a year six up to a year eight and so on and so on and so on um and it's a big big problem and of course that brings more paperwork because you've got to report on the impact of your teaching and how you've been able to bring right. them up to speed and and yeah. oh man there's there's a big push and the teachers are doing less teaching fun. in order to account for it so it, it's very yeah. press so yeah thank, and then thank your wife for me i i thought about teaching for a while and i never ended up pursuing it and oftentimes i regret it and right now i don't <laughs> regret it at all because it seems like just no. A horrible situation yeah. for teachers right now, but they are amazing. I, you know, I used to think I had patience until I had kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and they're mine. They're my kids and I don't have patience. <laughs> what about 30 kids that I don't have any care about whatsoever? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm not invested in you. Just go away. <laughs> Whatever you're carrying, virus or otherwise, just go away. Um. <laughs> um speaking of going away uh this episode probably should have gone away um we'll go into the episode scene by scene but obviously if there's something that comes sure. up and we discuss it and it becomes the main focus of the episode we'll just forget all the rest and then we'll just do the 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 um the ratings after that um so we could open up with the first scene uh, at zero minutes and zero seconds and we've got our first case of sexy treks straight off the bat it's girl on girl on guy on dog um <laughs> everybody's getting rubbed down uh, yeah. <laughs> i was i was like if you were to describe that's this the way this episode's gonna start <laughs> yes exactly if you were to describe the scene what what word maybe an h word what might you use for that uh heroic uh, <laughs> getting ready for the ding helpful helpful i mean they're all helping each other okay. to spread lotion all over their naked bodies um, Hyg hygienic well, hot hygienic hot it does look warm in there eric you're right yes <laughs> i imagine the decon chamber would be rather warm hmm, hmm. um you know you pointed it out but here's the thing about it is it is it is weird because it is horny oh my like because the this first is the shot horniest is like, fucking scene like, oh my so far this girl chronologically girl, in track. and then that girl's rubbing a guy and and like you're like, all right, Enterprise, I know you're a horny truck. Oh, my. I see what you're doing. And then there's a dog. And you're like, it's like, did I download the wrong Star Trek episode? <laughs> like, did, did, is this not 
Okay. When you order from Wish, that's the episode you get. That's the first one you get <laughs> chronologically. Oh, God. Just watching it, I'd remembered this scene for obvious reasons, but that, you know, I was watching it when I was 20 years old the first time it came out. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I remembered that this scene was somewhere. I just forgot it was in this particular episode. And uh, just the thing about Sexy Trek is I, I enjoy you know, having sort of the the sexiness, the horniness. Oh, my, my, my. Again, I'll, I'll ding myself as well for that uh, in Trek <laughs> because it can be quite funny. It can be camp. It can be over the top. Sure. But this one, the way it's filmed, the way it's seen, the, fa- the fact that T'Pol and Hoshi are down to the barest of barest minimum clothing. Right. Like, look at that midriff going oh, on. Extremely like, non-functional undergarments. I do not like, believe doesn't that that's make what T'Pol wears as undergarments. It's, it's, yeah. She's geometrically it doesn't make any sense geometrically it doesn't cover up all the right things it doesn't make any like sense. can you imagine spock wearing something like that like <laughs> you know it's like it's We've out seen of character spock's undergarments oh, when he was a little kid yeah now oh, wait, you say you that, haven't seen that yet. i could probably <laughs> picture him wearing that kind of stuff actually that does make a lot of sense i mean it, it, it's quite airy you know they're mm-hmm. on a hot planet it makes kind of yeah, sense i guess that does kind of make sense yeah, yeah it kind of makes i logical. wonder with this scene with the the dog as kind of a punchline at the end if it was intended to be a punchline if this almost feels like enterprise being aware uh-huh. at how dumb the horniness of the decon chamber was and like it almost feels like it's supposed to be a joke but if it is they didn't make it enough of a joke yeah like, it just it's almost there and then they come back to it later which i've already gone out of order but they come back to it later and there there is no joke so like mm-hmm. clearly that's not what's happening but it feels so close to, to enterprise being self-aware if it had maybe gone into Austin Powers mode, you know, there were implements to squirt the gel over you and it's kind of a long shaft with two right. balls on the end and pump, <laughs> pump it everybody. And it just, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, I, I don't hate the concept of the decon chamber. It's just so mm. obvious what they're using it for, you know, like uh-huh. to sensualize it, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's uh... yeah. If it either works through their clothes or was just like a sauna, I feel like it would be better. Either if they're in their clothes in there and they have to go through decontamination, or if it's just you sitting here and we spray you with some shit, that would be fine. But mm-hmm. it's it's the fact that they made it a gel, and specifically a gel that for some reason does not work well unless another person rubs it onto you. You yeah, cannot see, rub it onto yourself. There's Which, so many... You know, it really makes me worried about poor Hoshi and what she's taken out of that decon chamber because no one was rubbing lotion onto Hoshi. So, yeah, you know, she's, she's not going to be properly decontaminated. It's true. Unless maybe Porthos had already done that in the scene. You know, the little pause everywhere. He'd already done it. He was just the most, you know, efficient person in the whole decon chamber. (laughs) Um, But we do find out that it's been five days uh, and they've been trying to grovel and apologize. Yes, I did listen to the dialogue, funnily enough. Um, I I had to watch the scene a couple of times to get to that point, but I did. Um, (laughs) But it's been five days. They've been trying to apologize. Apologizing was something that happened months ago. And that had already been apologized for by Travis. So it did kind of make me think, why is Travis not in this scene at least? Because he would have been part of the apology. And it's part of my uh, new thing, give Travis something to do. Um, (laughs) uh, Should Travis have been part of this whole episode a bit more because he was part of the apology in the first place? It would have made a lot of sense. And it would have been really progressive of Enterprise to have put Travis in massaging archers back in the decon scene. So Mm -hmm. that would have been nice. Very true. Um, 
that brings us no up joke to the credits. There, just, that's just, it. There's yeah, really no, nothing totally. else. <laughs> it really just brings us up to the credits. That's literally all it does. But it would have been nice I, to have Travis there. I will say though, I do want to shout out the uh, the dialogue in this scene because I do think the dialogue in this scene is pretty fun. Because here's the thing about Enterprise. Uh, as you all have already seen through your journey through Enterprise in chronological order, and as you will see in the future in Enterprise, Archer kind of sucks. Uh, he's kind of a jerk, and he's not very good at being a captain. He's not very good at being a diplomat. Well, he's he's I, just kind of a meanie, meanie, poo-poo head. And this dialogue I, is all about him being a meanie, meanie, poo-poo head. And what I love is that both Hoshi and T'Pol are, like, correcting him as he's ranting about how horrible the experience was and pointing out that, like, you're exaggerating this. You are making it seem worse than it was. It sucked, but you're making it seem worse. And I like that they're calling him on that. I like Archer, but I do think that he gets some cringy lines mm -hmm. sometimes. Like, I think, like, the writers just hate him for some reason. Mm -hmm. It's like like they just aren't fans of Quantum Leap or something. I don't know. But, like, <laughs> uh, it's, it's frustrating because I, I, on the surface, I like him as a character, but there's certain specific episodes and seasons, like season three, that where he just he seems very out of character. Uh, mm -hmm. And it, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because I, I want to like him. You know, he's a good actor and everything. And the character, for the most part, is a good character. It's just there, you got episodes like this, and it's like, what were they thinking? Mm. Yeah, uh, co-host Dan, if he would hear, I'm sure he would point out that there really isn't a set archer type yet there, there's mm. nothing that you could say right he, that's his captaincy style we've kind of seasons in <laughs> exactly yeah there should be something there um yeah. at least you know the risk taker maybe he's just unnecessary risks all the time mm. and he i suppose he does take those kind of unnecessary risks yeah. in this episode um as uh, to paul will point out in yet another cringy scene that will be coming up later um speaking yeah you, you say the risk taker my counter argument to that would be that kirk is the risk taker and, and Archer <laughs> does a fair bit of that as well. But the difference is Kirk takes the risk because he believes that the risk is worth taking. And Archer takes the risk because he's whiny about whatever's happening. And he's <laughs> like, no, that's not fair. And and it just, it just that's not endearing. I, I feel like, Eric, there's a version I, of yeah. Archer that I really like. And there's a similar yeah. issue I have with Janeway. There's a version of Janeway that I like, but a lot of the time, that's not the version that we get on screen. For Janeway, I'd say it's like 60-40, like 60% Janeway sure. I like, and then 40% of the time, it's the Janeway I don't like. And with Archer, it's like 20-80. Like 20% of the time, I like him a lot. And then the rest of the time, I'm like, gosh, you're just... Ugh, ugh. I think I get what they were trying to do with the character, though, because he's kind of representing all of humanity, and humanity at this point's very immature i guess mm -hmm. uh, yeah. they just haven't they haven't ascended quite to the picard level of uh you know diplo diplomacy and all that uh but they they do a they go a little too far with it sometimes like he's too imperfect you know he's he's not imperfect, like how is he in have you heard about how his dad designed this warp engine okay <laughs> he Come did on. he never mentions this it's just you know, he should <laughs> say it at least once every episode as we're uh, about to get into though like it's another you know flaw in archer that i think is way overblown is that he doesn't even know his own crewmen his own crewmen like mm. he doesn't know anything about flocks apparently mm. uh, <laughs> it's, it's their, their whole miss their whole mission is to seek out new life and new civilizations and he's not even familiar with the species of his own doctor <laughs> on his ship and that's weird to me that's like that's like really yeah this should have been an episode maybe last season but really early 
because it's something that affects right. the dog that you know they should have come across this by now um uh-huh. yeah it it's really difficult because up till now papa archer has been the only consistent thing he's a lousy captain but at least as a leader of his shipmates he had kind of that camaraderie kind of familial attitude that was the only kind of character trait i could see coming through yeah but in this episode, it breaks that because he doesn't know flocks. He doesn't really understand what's going on. Um, and he's letting the fact that he's tired and a bit ratty get in the way. Um, yep. He's being being a bit of a twazzock, as we say over here. I don't know if that's a word that's traveled that's well. That's a new one. That's new to me as well, actually. Is that, is that double Z in the middle? Yeah, twazzock. So T-W-A-double-Z-A-K. There you go. Twazzock. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, not no OKs here. I like that word. I like that word. I was going I-K. Yeah, so a bit of a twat bit of a, a wanker and a bit of a a, a, a wazuk it's like a triple insult it's That's all great. triple insult so there you go now, um, wazuk is a new one for me too i'm learning all sorts of things it's all put together annoying person wazuk is the one that i'm going to take away from this because twazuk i can tell that that it feels like maybe there's there's a twat in there and i could see yeah. someone being offended by that that's true wazuk english dialect <laughs> a foolish or annoying person Ah, oh, stop being a total wazzock. Um, <laughs> that's it, uh, and it's 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 how you say it, the intonation, it's all there as well. Um, before we move on, this is where we get the credits. Um, it's customary for new uh, guests to state <laughs> whether they like the credits or not, and I think, for, judging by that response, I know what the answer. No, <laughs> my laugh was that that we're just getting the credits. <laughs> oh man, um, Eric, I'll let you go first on on the credits. You know, I, I've talked about this before on our podcast. I I don't hate them. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was an odd choice. Uh, the song I could kind of do without, but I like the visuals quite a bit. I think the the passage of time, the history stuff, like that that's cool to me. I like that part of it for sure. Oh, yeah. about the song? Eh. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't, I don't, I don't, I didn't hate it at the time, but after seeing it so many times, it's really started to kind of uh, grate on me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm i with you on the visuals 100%. I think the visuals are very cool. They're very, they're very different from what I expect to see in the opening of a Star Trek uh, show. But mm-hmm. as a change to that formula, I think they work perfectly fine for me. I think I think if you want to get away from just showing the ship doing cool stuff, this is this is a very very cool direction to go. The song, you know, I like it. I don't I don't like it as a Star Trek theme song. I hate it as a Star Trek theme song. I think it's the stupidest thing in the world as a Star Trek theme song. But it's it's damn catchy, and I find very myself singing it unnecessarily all the time. <laughs> like I'll just find something like I can't sing it seriously. I can't sing anything seriously. My wife hates it when I sing things because I always sing in a dumb voice. And I'm like, that's how they sing the song. Yeah. Um, it's really because I can't sing. So if I just sound like a drunken idiot when I sing, I can pretend it's on purpose. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's a fine song. It's just, it has no business being the theme song for Star Trek, especially because the end credits music for Enterprise is perfect and that was written to be the theme yeah. song and you could just oh really yeah i'm sh- i'm sure it's out there where someone's taken the end credit music and put it over from the visuals of the beginning and it probably works just fine because the end credit music sounds like a star trek theme song and it's been a long road getting from there to here does not sound like a star trek <laughs> theme song but 
but I've got faith <laughs> of the heart. <laughs> Mr. McRae performs a song in the style of a club singer. That's right. <laughs> It, it's not until you've heard it sung by 200 drunk Trekkies at a convention that I think it's the true oh. meaning of the song comes out. Uh, that um, sounds so okay. amazing. The most beautiful thing about the theme song for Enterprise is how it brings together all Trekkies and mocking how ridiculous the theme song for Enterprise is. Because even, like I said, I like the song. I still think it's a really stupid theme song. And I feel like that's the point of view is everybody. It's like, nobody's like, yeah, it's, it's tonally perfect. It just fits right in. It feels like, no, I don't feel... If you're out there, that's cool. That's fine if that's your view on it. But I think everybody can come together and be like, but it's fun to make fun of. Like, whatever you actually feel about it, it's still fun to make fun of it. Um, yeah, I, I can completely agree. I'm going to make a supercut of all of the guests, uh, of all the stuff that they say about the theme <laughs> oh, tune. Nice. So when I finish Enterprise, I'm going to put them all together and just we'll see where everyone lands. And if there's a consensus, the that's theme song it. special. We'll never talk that's about amazing. it again. There we go. Uh, it oh, depend- oh, we will. I will fight. If you- I'm warning you. You bring me back on the show, and I will find a way to bring in Faith of Heart. Because you know what happens in Star Trek a Even lot of Even if you're talking about TNG. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what TNG? You know what the Enterprise DS do a lot of time? It has to fly from point A to point B. And you know what that is? That's a long road getting from there to here. So <laughs> I can find that a warp way. 9.9. <laughs> I was just watching an episode. What was I? No, I was reading a book. I was reading a book. And, and they called Picard. And they're like, hey, Picard, the X-Men are here. You should probably come to the Starbase and pick them up. And Picard's like, hell part. yeah, I'm on my way. I love the X-Men. So I'll pick cheesy. them up. Set a set a set a set a we're going to get there. A course, lay a course for the Starbase, whatever it is, because we need to go pick up the X-Men because the Admiral's like, well, I don't know about this Wolverine guy. He's going to tear up my curtains. And Picard's like, I'll come get him. Don't you worry about it. Warp six. Why? Why <laughs> warp six? Why would you not? The X-Men are here. Clearly some ha- something's happening. And you go warp six. Hey, we can pick up the X-Men, but we have to stick to the speed limit. That's the only problem. So we have to keep to galactic speed limits. That's the only thing. That makes sense. It does. It does. Um, I've got a minute left on the recording, so yep. I will close on this we'll one. And we'll go to the, jump over to the second one. Sounds All right. good. Excellent. Go get some snacks. Perhaps a carbonated soda. There we go. There we go. All right. Now, did you both sing the Enterprise theme song all through that transition <laughs> from one group to another? No, not at all. Um, yeah. Uh, where were we? Oh, yeah. Um, injectors. That's what we yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Out of the credits, though, we go into a discussion where about the injectors. And the fact that there's this big problem that they need a new injector, and that's why they've got to go back to the Kodassans and apologize and so forth. Um, there's a bit in the dialogue where he says, I was a perfect gentleman. And it's a complete flip of everything that's happened with Trip. And he's used, I've been a perfect gentleman at least twice in Star Trek already before. Oh. And I was kind of wondering, have they got the characters the wrong way around? Because Trip was being really reasonable <laughs> oh. this episode, and I didn't hate him. And. Huh. <laughs> There was, was this was good. this written as a trip episode, and then somebody was like, "You know, that's Archer's dog, right?" And they went, "Yeah, oh, shoot, that would yeah. actually make a lot of sense, especially with the T'Pol thing." 
Exactly. Uh, what? Because they already closed the door on them having a romantic relationship, Archer and T'Pol, in Fallen Hero, when she said, you are yeah. the best of friends. They've already closed that door. Wow. And he's ratty. He over so over responsive. He wants the three injectors, and he's you know it's a it's an engineering problem. Right. And yeah. Trip is Trip is saying, well, you should be diplomatic. You know, uh, think of, think beyond yourself. Think of uh, everything we need to do, and we need those three injectors. You know what happens when this uh, when we go through the the injectors. Well, Trip would know, but not necessarily Archer because that's an engineering problem. Yeah. So the way it was that's written, uh, was it deliberately doing it? Was it something that's you know, changed? That is a really interesting pull because it does feel a lot of the characterization of Archer in this episode, while I don't like Archer normally, I like him even less in this episode than I normally do because of the way he's acting. But if Trip was acting this way, I would still find the behavior annoying, but it wouldn't feel out of character. Like Trip mm-hmm. is kind of a rash, you know, guy, but yeah, yeah. I wow. I would have liked now this I'm really wondering more, if there, there was a version of this that was written with trip and they were like but we don't want to introduce another dog and besides <laughs> think about the kind of dog trip would have he'd have some like big mangy mutt and be covered in well, grease all the time where did they get grease on a starship i don't know but somehow that dog got into it and trip didn't wash yeah. him off properly so i have to have tracks in the hallways i will say yes. though i think there there is there's certain elements of this episode i really do like i love porthos he's a great character mm-hmm. Uh, and without him in this episode, if it was all about trip without the dog subplot, it would have been a terrible episode. So maybe mm-hmm. that's why, you know, they changed it. you just give him a dog. He'd have a big old like super hairy junkyard dog. <laughs> well, what if he'd done something so heinous that maybe he dropped one of the ejectors on the Elvira tree and it had leaked over Travis? And Travis was the one in sick bay, and he was feeling guilty about it and all this sort of stuff. So I was wondering if, like, yeah. if if Travis had been the one, and then he spends the night in sick bay because he's so guilty about what he did to Travis, and then he's got to apologize on behalf of the crew. And I was wondering if they yeah. maybe could have done that. But again, that do we care more about Travis or, uh, than Porthos? I mean, that's the that's the juggling act, really, isn't it? Um, uh. We don't know enough about Travis to to want to like it's true in fact i think we learn more about porthos in this episode than we've ever learned about travis so there's always <laughs> that as well that's really i mean you're right you hit the nail on the head there it's that's that man that's kind of unfortunate mm. <laughs> it, it it was just one of those things where he said perfect gentleman I, I i figured maybe the writers were trying to flip it so you know he's defending himself in the same way that trip always defends himself when there's some woman on board that he's hitting on but yeah. <laughs> it could have so easily been the other way around we'll wait for troy just in case he's okay so honestly off off screen just yeah it's like an action movie it's like yes <laughs> send the supplies now <laughs> he was just complaining that there was a yeah, a, a wagon outside like a, a van outside an unmarked van so uh, i don't oh. know what's going on there maybe it's liam neeson <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> i don't know who you are but i will find you <laughs> that's that's a good impression <laughs> <laughs> so everyone in the uk does it unfortunately that's you know, i'm nothing special oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> i mean on the point on uh, if we sort of go through this the elvera trees are a bit um bit weird you know that it came down to the a dog peeing on a tree and yeah. that the crotassans wouldn't know that and that's a, a big problem and again as archer does say we sent them the genetic specs they should have sort of known that uh is it kind of on them 
that they should have uh, sort of seen this coming and allowed for that? Or Kratassans just like to be peed off? Yeah, like they it's pretty over the top, isn't it? Like they mm. <laughs> they seem very easily offended. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, Archer is overreacting like crazy to this whole situation. Like, uh, although we'll get to it at the end, like that that whole apology ceremony seems a bit much <laughs> <laughs> for for what happened. But at the same time, like he's not being very diplomatic about this whole situation when that's his entire job. Like mm-hmm. that is what he's there to do. <laughs> so like he should kind of you know understand it goes with the job it's part of the job you know exactly yeah the, there's this give and take there is an injector he's the one who wants it he, he needs wouldn't... it their ship needs it yeah, i mean yeah it's exactly. redundancy but still like it's a safety thing right mm. i would i would assume i i don't know much about as for <laughs> about injectors, injectors you know yeah. it's just Technobabble. i need to get i need to get an engineer in here you know te- yeah. technobabble <laughs> it out we'll just figure it out um exactly but yeah, we find out the polarity. That's <laughs> that seems it. to be the the solution Absolutely most of the true. time. Yeah. Absolutely true. Reverse the polarity. You don't need to get a new one. Wait till you get to the new shop. It'll be good. Yep. Exactly. Uh, we do get to find out that there is a um uh, a ceremony that's going to be asked for, and they hand him a pad and they and they kind of say, Do we have a chainsaw? And I do like the idea that they're <laughs> that maybe we didn't yes. get to see the ceremony that they could have just gone hog wild and just sort of said oh yeah and i mean how exactly is he going to do a backflip when he's supposed to be also balancing three plates on his head and a spoon i mean just go off on one and just completely weird and and tangents yeah. and just never show us the ceremony and just go off on one um i thought the chainsaw thing was like a sarcastic <laughs> think like i didn't think that it was actually and then you see it you see it at the end of the episode and i'm like Oh my god, that was actually pretty funny. It's real. That was that was good. Yeah. <laughs> and where did they find it? Like, right. is and is that a Repli- wait, chainsaw? Or is that their chainsaw? They do have replicators, right? Maybe well, they're got, not complex. Yeah, I mean, they've they've said that they could sort of replicate parts and and put things together. It's but more like got, a three D printer, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But could they not three D print an injector? That kind uh, of it, I don't know how yeah. complicated can it get um <laughs> yeah and, and would it p- offend them if they're using a human chainsaw instead of a crotassin chainsaw you know Ooh, just a crotassin exactly they're the tree worshippers if we get the wrong chainsaw what's going on um yeah. yeah with that whole uh ceremony coming up it just yeah very very strange um but uh we then get um the fact that archer can't sleep he's thinking more about the dog than he is thinking about the mission and we mm. get the night in sickbay it starts and throughout the episode they've been calling out the times which would have been really nice uh you know if i was doing a uh, temple trek literally scene by scene i could have broken it up done done that uh, hour by hour and we could yeah. stretch this out for another six weeks uh but i figured <laughs> keep it all together makes it much easier yeah. it's called night in sickbay should the rest of the episode from this point on have been a night in sickbay without him leaving all the time hmm would it have made for a better yeah. episode? Yeah, like it, it is kind of a bottle episode in a way because it mostly takes place on the ship, right? Um, mm-hmm. It would have been interesting to have a bottle episode entirely in sickbay where mm-hmm. Flox is the main character and Archer comes and goes, maybe like different, maybe he has someone come in with a cough and it ends up being nothing, you know, that kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. his day to day, that would have been a good episode, actually. I'm making this episode better. <laughs> 
I lo- the thing is, I love Flocks. I think he's one of the mm-hmm. best Enterprise characters. And so that part of it, I kind of appreciate, but it's just not enough to save it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and even if they kept the other arching story of Katassins and things like this and, and his archer getting to know Flocks, it could have yeah. just been their shuttle pod one for season two. Um, right. Keep it in one place. Keep it uh, just contained. Maybe have this to pole nonsense that's going on. You know, you're sexually frustrated, um, but have her coming into the room as opposed yes. to him leaving and going to the gym or going to yeah. the bridge or or whatever. And just or keep maybe it he contained. hears things like secondhand or something. You know, that would yes. be kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'd yeah. Be down absolutely um opportunity (laughs) exactly but we do get to see you know some trimming of the nails uh the the... (laughs) yeah that was weird (laughs) and then he feeds them to this critter like oh that was that was kind of gross that's just poor housekeeping i mean uh, i've known people who've owned snakes before and uh, surely if you're feeding parts of yourself to them they're going to get a taste for it eventually aren't they i mean they're going to start turning on you um I, I don't quite trust that system and looking yeah. after the animals. I don't know that he has the best system for looking after <laughs> animals, considering what happens in this episode. <laughs> we, he's got the bat that gets away, and then, you know, he just yeah. decides to sacrifice one of his geckos, you know. <laughs> Which, I yeah. mean, I'm glad, you know, Porthos is okay and everything, you know. Very but true. It's just, yeah. <laughs> Poor gecko. Yeah, it it's just very strange um i i like the idea though that he's being kept awake and that archer is just made more and more antagonistic because he can't get an, a decent night's sleep because he's hearing yeah you know no, to, toenails being trimmed a tongue being cleaned yeah um with the with weirdest implement I mean, why an arch that was strange yeah why not just a giant toothbrush it doesn't make any sense yeah, it um, doesn't. but we do get to the gym scene and uh, the first time that Archer then leaves sickbay and the one-upmanship the you know the competitiveness of Archer against T'Pol and that she's making these really great points that you're putting yourself and your feelings above everyone else and she's calling calling out all the bits that we don't really like about Archer in this episode she's Um, right as always (laughs) exactly Um, Uh, but any thoughts on the gym scene yeah this scene feels more like a trip scene like mm-hmm. I didn't really know that going in, but now that I think about it, like this would have made a lot more sense for Trip. I thought I yeah, I if this is all I had to go on with Archer, I would not like Archer as a character. I mm-hmm. thought that his ego is so inflated throughout this whole episode. <laughs> it just feels a bit weird. And I get that he's sleep derived, you know, everyone's a jackass if they don't get enough sleep, but uh, it's just uh, yeah, it was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. Yeah. And it the idea that he's trying to keep up with a Vulcan that he already knows has superior yes. anatomy in terms of stamina, strength, it, it just it baffled me how he thought that that was going to go any other way than the way it did, that he yeah. was going to be absolutely knackered and sweating and she's not even showing signs of it. Uh, but I do like that I, she called him I, out I, on it as well. Exactly. Yeah, I loved that, that line at the end. I, I can't remember exactly what she said. Uh, uh, I obviously can't keep up with you. just a a burn she's just looking at him with the tilted head yeah exactly yeah that was awesome (laughs) if they had com badges you just take it off and put it on the deck plane (laughs) exactly there we go um we do get the list of demands again so this is where we find out about the last uh the night before christmas he was expecting to be reciting that um whilst uh on one foot 
Uh, it's the second reference to Christmas, uh, temporarily speaking. Uh, so we've had huh. Christmas in the Nexus. So this is now the second chronological uh, Christmas oh, reference uh, in the podcast way of looking at things. And uh, it's the um, first reference of Christmas for the 22nd century. So, so far, we've only had mm. two references to this sort of mystical uh, holiday. Interestingly, <laughs> in the next scene, uh, you go back to sickbay and... Um, we get a mention of Porthos being in doggy heaven. So you get two mentions of sort of a very Christian ceremony yeah. going on. And it's quite That's unusual for Trek to hear that. Uh, we don't normally hear um, sort of Christian festivals or religious festivals in any way being really referenced. any kind of religion. Yeah, exactly. And you get two in two scenes back to back doggy heaven. I know that's a bit silly, but you know, heaven, sure. at least as a concept and Christmas. And it's very strange that we get two in one go. Yeah. Everything all right, Troy? Yeah. All okay. Yeah, all good. My wife just called. She's she's out taking care of some stuff, so I had to talk through a few, few things with her. But all good. I was going to say, it looked like a drug deal off to the side. Did not get murdered for a second time. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a good alibi now. That's it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was podcasting, honestly. Your Honor, it's fine. <laughs> Wait a minute. There's a gap in this recording. Now we know. Now we know why there's a green screen at the back. Um, yes, behind it is drugs, not not a bassinet <laughs> and a diaper genie. Um, we were just talking about the gym scene. If you had anything to say about the okay. the gym scene and Archer's approach, I can tell that just by Troy's face, he has a lot to say here. <laughs> Might take a screenshot I, and just say that. Here's yeah. the thing: I don't have a lot to say about it because it's just weird aggression. And it's unnecessary. For no reason. Yeah. Yeah. He's being so mean. And I get that he's going through something traumatic. But I, even before that, so you guys have already covered the fact that he's like, oh, I can't sleep, so I'm going to go to sick bay. Mm-hmm. Which is dumb because <laughs> that's somebody else's space. And he's like, I'm having trouble sleeping. Let me just hang out in your office. And it's like, <laughs> um, excuse me. And then he goes, I'm having trouble sleeping. I'm going to go to the gym. And he sees that DePaul's in there and he's in a bit of a fight with DePaul. And so the responsible thing for him to do would be to go, you know what? I'm going to go somewhere else. And instead, he goes and uses the machine next door. Surely there's other ways he could have exercised in that room right. without mm-hmm. going and being right next to her. I don't know. It just, yeah. I, I, it bothered me, but I don't, yeah. I don't Especially when you got that G-Force ball in the background. <laughs> yes. That looks way much more fun than a treadmill. I really <laughs> want to see how that works. Yeah. And you've got like you know the sweet spot on the Enterprise. Why do you need that? I mean, it, oh just, yeah, just go and train yeah, in the sweet jump spot. back and forth there. Yeah, yeah. And you could have had a nice little bit of dialogue where he goes upside down, but then he changes his mind, so he comes back up right oh. ways. You could have had oh. it all, you know, mirror and all that kind of stuff. Have you we know? seen the sweet spot since episode one? I no. don't think it ever comes up in the show. That's again. so disappointing. <laughs> I couldn't remember. But like, I would require them to give Travis something to do. So, is there uh, one bit in the Cindy arc? Where they're having one conversation, or is it might be like, like there's maybe Travis or something? But I, I can't scene. remember. It's a Travis scene. I should remember it. You know, it's one of the five scenes that he gets the entire season. Season, uh, but there we go. Yeah. Um, oh, I did. I did ask the question, Troy. Um, it's called a night in sick bay. The episode is called a night in sick bay. Should after the point where he goes in and says I can't sleep, should it have just been a, a two hander, so an Archer flocks episode? Characters come in but he doesn't leave. So it is just a self-contained thing. Would that have made it a better I, episode? I think that would have made it a better episode because I think a lot of the strength of this episode is what the interactions you get between 
Fox and Archer and 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 the Definitely. the character development we get through Fox. You know, this this yes. is not a Fox centric centric episode, but we get a lot of character from Fox. Mm-hmm. Um despite the the plot not being about him. Um Archer has character growth, I suppose, in that he's being an ass and then at the end of the episode <laughs> he isn't an ass for a few minutes. But <laughs> but the the character we actually are learning about throughout the episode is Fox and That's if true. the episode had been structured the way you suggest, I think that that would have uh emphasized that side of it. Mhm. I would love yeah. to see a Denobolian llama at some point on Lower Decks. I just, <laughs> I just want to put that out there right now. Is it a llama? Is that a llama, it? Uh, lemur. Lemur? lemur? Lemur. My bad. Well, I want Although, to see I, I want to see a llama, actually. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the line in that most of them have one head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if it had two heads and it was a llama, it would be like the one in that uh, Dr. Doolittle movie from the 50s. Um, do you remember that one? No. I I've, I know very old reference. I don't remember there being two llamas. It was a two-headed llama. It's very have, weird. Yeah, very I think I have seen that. It's been a long time, but yeah, I've spent far too much time watching stupid movies. Um, <laughs> we uh, we get uh, a sort of deterioration in Porthos's uh, medical status, and mm-hmm. things aren't working, and it gets a bit more frantic. We get kind of a medical drama going on. Should it have stayed that way as well? Like as Porthos is going down in health. Archer is then confused or taking up a new direction. And that is the drive for the episode. Would that have made it a better episode? I'm just trying to look at any so. way of making it a better episode. <laughs> yeah, there's there's already a few <laughs> things we could have changed. But uh, yeah, I think the Porthos stuff is good. You know, I like mm. Porthos uh, as a character, I guess, in this episode. <laughs> um you know, even though he's more of a plot device, I guess. A prop? He's... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so did you talk about the dog, about the stuffed dog? Did I not, miss the stuff dog? Not yet. That is coming. That up. has not come up yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's here already because so the first time we see Porthos in Sick Bay, mm-hmm. he's in a little isolation box, and Archer gets to use the isolation gloves, and he pets the dog, and it's mm-hmm. cute, and he's like, "I would have brought you some cheese, but Fox wouldn't let you have it anyway," which I call bullshit because you didn't know that <laughs> when you came in there, you just yeah. didn't think to bring him cheese. It would have been way better if he was like. I'm gonna sneak him some cheese, and Fox like slapped it out of his hand. That would have been if he was trying <laughs> yeah, to sneak him cheese. Um, How many times? But then, the next time you come back, it is just the weirdest stuffed dog, and I don't like it. It's very fake looking, and <laughs> it it looks like a prop you would see at like a, a like mysteries of the unexplained museum on the side of the highway where they'd yeah. be like check out this dog that's actually an alligator and it just it looks so <laughs> bad and dumb and they're trying I, to make me really feel for this dog and i love dogs i'm a dog person i've had uh-huh. dogs my whole life it's easy to make me feel for a dog but this thing looks so fake that i was like very quickly stopped being sympathetic <laughs> for the plight of the dog because i was like that's it's not a dog you know it's not a dog right yeah does it does yeah. it, nobody notices it's I, not a dog that was definitely the worst special effect this episode it's bad um, it, but what's funny is i didn't notice it until this time watching it mm-hmm. and it might be because like the hd tv yeah really, it yeah it's a lot less flattering than maybe it used to look <laughs> for the sake of having you know a grip boy on the side off camera with a, an inflatable balloon just <laughs> Right, just to make it look like it's breathing. Just, and just something. It. I'm like, it's yeah. dead. Aren't you? Your dog's dead already. 
<laughs> Scott Bakula puts his hand underneath there and just sort of moves his hand up and down or something. Uh, just there we go. R.I.P. We then get um, uh, Archer is talking about how uh, Topol's opinion matters to him, and we get the questionable psychiatry going on here from yeah. Flux, who seems to have several degrees in everything. Um, uh, he never mentions uh, makeup, which has been something we've seen throughout Star Trek Enterprise so far. He doesn't yeah. seem to have a degree in, in makeup or art or anything like that. But psychiatry, he's starting to think, why does her opinion matter to, matter to you? Well, she's kind of representative of the species you, he hates. So you would mm-hmm. think that maybe her opinion yeah. does matter to him. Uh, she's also his first officer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a couple of reasons. He, There's a couple of very He jumps straight to the Freudian way of looking at things as opposed yeah. to everything else um yeah. and he's suggesting everything but he's pushing this idea into his head so naturally when he goes to sleep he is going to have these <laughs> weird dreams and yes we are going to talk about these weird dreams um you've got the funeral scene and you've got the decon chamber scene back again <laughs> yep uh, but this time it's archer's dream it's sequence way hornier oh my Wait, hold it. Ding! There we go. <laughs> exactly. Even the funeral scene's horny. Oh my my my! <laughs> How do you make a funeral scene horny? They managed it. Oh my god! This is a weird episode. It gets so bizarre because. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine just flipping the channels and starting on this scene? <laughs> and you're like, what is happening? What is going on here? If you're listening to the dialogue, listening to mm-hmm. what Phlox is saying during this scene, it's pretty bizarre. But then you got the whole weird sexual tension between T'Pol and Archer. And luckily, it's a dream mm-hmm. sequence. But it's not the way it's filmed. It doesn't feel like a dream sequence at no. first i guess we don't mm-hmm. get a lot of dream sequences in star trek do we no we don't really. and so that was very bizarre he what happened just before this was the bat scene just before this or was that that's uh, later that something after? happened where it was like is are they gonna say that like he's under the influence of something that's in Fox's? oh that would have been any that would have been would be kind of a very cool, cool. Yeah, it would have like made more idea. sense for like how Star Trek works mm. because we've seen dreams that are brought about by a thing. Mm-hmm. Seen, yeah, well, we've had know, Data's dream. Yeah, which, yeah, but even that has a like a scientific a explanation. It's not yeah. just a dream, and this is just a dream. Like it's mm. not. It wasn't it's prompted by anything. It's not. It's not science fiction. It's just yeah. a dream, and mm. I think I think every other time we've seen dreams in Star Trek, Star Trek, they have been science fiction influenced in some way and mm-hmm. this one's just you know to like oh one one moon circles or there's like i'm being choked to death by bane or stuff like that like it's always <laughs> it's always something's happening and then this is he's just he's just having a horny dream about paul i'm yep. like oh I, like i'm glad that this i'm glad we don't see captain's horny dreams all the time oh my because <laughs> i you know i've seen enough of Troy's mom already, and I don't need to see more of Troy's mom. <laughs> and if you want to see more of Crusher, you go listen to our Patreon episode because that that episode <laughs> that's that coming up exists mm-hmm. in yep, yep, yep. a Star Trek thing of sorts. <laughs> would yeah, would you would you take Sub Rosa again over this episode because of those scenes? I would take Wait. this episode over Sub Rosa. 
<laughs> yeah. This doesn't offend me. Subrosa offends me. Yeah. Yeah, if we just accept that Archer is reset to a 16-year-old version of himself. Right. Makes perfect yeah. sense. Makes absolutely perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, it does, if because the actual conceit is... of this yeah. episode I like. Like, I like I like that the alien crisis that's happening is, yeah, that's is interesting. an interesting issue. Um, we kind of saw a similar one with, I think it's a Dixon Hill episode, where, where Picard has to learn how to say a thing in a very specific oh, manner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that that conceit works for me, and then the idea of just kind of this this uh, day of a life or day in the life of a of the medical officer is is a is a cool idea. That like you know a lot of medical issues on Star Trek is oh there's a medical issue, medical emergency, you know beam straight to sick bay, and then you come in after the doctor's fixed it, or you come in and the doctor says I've fixed it, it's going to be better in a few hours. And this is like one of the few times where it's it's touch and go, and I think that's a very cool thing to see in Star Trek. I just, I just don't like, I just don't like Archer <laughs> very much. He's just kind of a, a mini poo poo head. Yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> Would it have made more sense if uh, the word "stinky" have come out come out of uh, Reed's mouth during the funeral scene, just you know, to keep the the dream <laughs> sequence continuity going just <laughs> at least something a callback just to make it a little bit better for us. Um, yeah. But there we go. Uh, after the dream sequence, we've got Hoshi on the bridge and she's uh, talking to the premier who's uh, deeply offended that they haven't changed the time to match the time zone of the capital city. And and this is interesting stuff. I am offended by that, too. <laughs> You've been in orbit for five days and you haven't synced up. You're like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Plenty also, of time to sync it up. Also, Flux doesn't sleep. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But at like two in the morning to Paul's in the gym and Hoshi's <laughs> on the bridge. Like, when do you people sleep? Go to bed. Yeah. Where's Delta shift? Right. <laughs> there isn't. That's it. Every time we've seen a downtime, there isn't a proper crew. But for some reason on the bridge, there were five people that we've never seen before all working for Hoshi. And Hoshi was in charge. She was taking the call and managing the whole thing, um, which is great for her. And that's great character yeah. development. I kind of wish we'd seen that. Uh, that would have been just to get a, a sense that Hoshi is now taking responsibilities and is able or comfortable to lead a crew uh, to herself. Again, much better part of the story. That would, that uh, would have been a good episode. episode. Yeah. The episode about Hoshi <laughs> learning to be in command. Yeah. I mean, they did that episode with Troy and it wasn't great, but I could see it being great with Hoshi because of her insecurities. Like, like there's, yeah. there's something to play with there. there there's a, definitely potential. Yeah. A night on the NX01 and it's just all the different interweaving stories would have been something. I love it. And you could still, you could still have this be Archer and Flock the story. Yeah. He picked up a pathogen. They moved away from whatever planet they were on. He's over there. Hoshi's up here. Travis is doing something, but we don't care. You know, loads <laughs> of different things all happen. Um, yeah. uh, uh, Trip is uh, having an argument with Lieutenant Hess. Have to mention her every single episode. Uh, she's the <laughs> the completely unseen person who's clearly better at the job than Trip. Um, uh, then we get the bat hunt, and dodgy CGI is back. Um, yeah. What's better, a dodgy CGI bat or a completely inanimate dog? The CGI bats better because at least they tried. The inanimate yeah, it, dog it is fits like within that time. That mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's very early two thousands. It works. It's whatever. But the Here's dog. The if this is episode so came noticeable. out ten, if this episode came out ten years earlier, the dog would have looked better because they would have been used to making. <laughs> it's practical a practical effects. effect. It's a practical, <laughs> and they would have done effect. The practical effect. How probably. hard is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
we uh we get hoshi she obviously comes in she actually catches the bat as well just to show that she's yeah. even more competent than this she's does awesome that, in this episode <laughs> yeah does that make sense that suddenly she can now catch bats and she doesn't get bothered by it or do you feel like that was something she picked up in uh, brazil that she was used to what? animals but yeah. what if this whole episode is a dream sequence like what if the dreams are dreams within dreams does that make this a better episode if it's not even canon it's just all <laughs> like archer is literally in sickbay asleep this entire episode and this is what he dreams of catching <laughs> bats in sickbay and porthos's dream is it just porthos dreaming that's the whole time <laughs> i i do I have to give concept. a shout out in this scene the hoshi catching the bat is good but better than that is that flocks whips up the biggest paper or origami crane i've ever seen <laughs> yeah and does this weird bird call impression and then later he's he's so sad that it didn't work and he's like i know i got the silhouette right and i practiced the whistle and the thing that i loved about this is both of my dogs i have two small dogs who are sitting with me while this episode was on and when he did the little whistle thing with the bird both of my dogs were like what the hell is that like both of them jumped up. <laughs> i don't like that sound <laughs> Yeah. It's Flox calling through the time spheres. He's he's able to cross <laughs> through between universes with that bird call. Um, <laughs> we do get a Beagle backstory, and we get, uh, as I was just saying mm. to Eric, we get to yeah. learn more possibly in one scene about Porthos than we have about Travis's <laughs> entire backstory. Um, yeah, we get the origin of Porthos, exactly. which no one was asking for. We've all been asking more about Travis, but we get more about Archer's dog. Exactly. Uh, Archer's it... origin or Archer's Ar dog's origin story is weird my ex-girlfriend's mom and i were best friends after we broke up so she gave me a puppy like, yeah whoa that's a that's weird they right the writers made some choices in hmm. this episode. I, that's that's all i'm gonna say there there's no way for that to be the backstory and for it not to be weird right <laughs> make it make it one of his instructors at the academy like mm -hmm. there uh, but you still get a relationship that but having it be an ex-girlfriend's mom yeah. is weird mm -hmm. and and if you're gonna have it if you're gonna have an episode that's Even all that about like oh my like it was right, there something there <laughs> if it's all gonna be about archer's frustrations in sexual relationships don't talk about him having a really long-standing relationship with his ex-girlfriend's mom and that's why he loves his dog so much because that's that's weird stacy's mom <laughs> if not on a sexual level on an emotional level i have questions about your relationships archer yes. <laughs> do you reckon someone in the writer's room was just like well i got my dog from my girlfriend ex-girlfriend's mom maybe if i write it as a captain that's a we it's everybody does it you know you've got to remember it's his ex-girlfriend's mom yeah. if it was his current girlfriend's mom less yeah. weird fine less yeah. weird <laughs> if it was his ex-girlfriend's mom and he got it while they were dating weird mm -hmm. but less weird mm -hmm. ex-girlfriend's mom who gave it to me when she was already my ex-girlfriend <laughs> really weird <laughs> yeah um speaking of weird we now get uh polarian slips not freudian slips we get polarian slips <laughs> yeah. of breasts and lips and lists and lisps um just anything about the slips and it did did it work as dialogue for you uh, or is it just as uncomfortable as it made me it was very uncomfortable, but the first one I was okay with. It was kind of funny. The fact that he did it again, like that, mm, that didn't play for me. That that felt a little too forced. Mm -hmm. It was it was clumsy, and yeah. I think it could have worked if I got a better sense of Archer being tired. 
because at this point he has like not really slept all night long and if he was like slurring his words a little bit and the kind of stuff you do when you know you haven't slept then i think that that could have worked but the fact that he like was speaking perfectly normally and did that i mean like you said the flux implanted this idea even if archer hasn't been lusting after to paul obviously it's in his head right now and Mm -hmm. he's going she does have boobs (laughs) and so i get that the slip up happened like i get why it happened but it it did feel clumsy and i think that playing up the tiredness angle would have made him tripping over those words feel less forced they, the makeup the department fact that they don't call at least put some slips. dark uh, circles under his eyes or something. Yeah, like, something. <laughs> bloodshot eyes or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, I like that they alienified the, the idea of a Freudian slip. And that Fox has <laughs> yeah. I, I like that. I'm like, all right, cool. Of course he does. Yeah. Pol- Polarian is much better to study. Freudian's got his own problems. You know, no, no one <laughs> teaches Freud now. So, you know, that's it. In the original series, do we find out is that one alien who was like all the great minds in human history? Was he Freud as well? Oh, like Red, Red Jack, um, Jack the Ripper and all that stuff. No, that, I'm, I, listen, you, you, you do you, but I don't think of Jack the Ripper as one of. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say. Like, no, isn't that a guy big, who's a like. big jump between. Yeah, he was Da Vinci and he was. He, oh. he lives on he lives on like a palatial house on the hillside that looks like a triple long to Tony Stark. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yes. In Malibu? Jack the Ripper lives in Malibu? Wait, what are we talking about? Anyway. Two different alien entities. Yeah. If that guy... I I felt like he was Freud as well, but maybe not. Uh, Um, Requiem for Methuselah is the name of the episode. While the Enterprise searches for a rare, a cure to a deadly disease, the landing party is confronted by a reclusive man who's willing to kill to preserve his privacy. Because it turns out he was, uh, he's he's, he's got, uh, you know, music by Brahms and paintings by Da Vinci and a Gutenberg Bible and works Uh, from Pollock. He's got all these things and they're like, oh my gosh, you're actually all those people. And he's like, I'm going to kill you now. (laughs) Um, Command F. So yeah, that means, nope. Freud's not in there, so that so that whole tangent, no, not not applicable whatsoever. I'll put it in the bloopers at the end of the episode. That's fine. <laughs> Speaking of bloopers, we're thirty minutes into the episode at this point when we've gone through all of this, and not much has happened. Like, there's not really much of an episode to go on. Uh, every now and then, there's a deterioration in Porthos's status, but we won't know for another few hours. You know, the, it's yeah. always deferring the action. Uh, it's now that it then ramps up. And then for the last 12, 13 minutes, it's just straight through to the end. Um, we've got uh, the pickled Porthos. That's all right. It's okay. I've got a cat here. <laughs> Speaking of dogs. <laughs> Speaking of dogs, pickled Porthos. We've got um, having to implant a pituitary gland from a chameleon or an alien chameleon, which looks suspiciously like a human chameleon, uh, into a uh, pickled Porthos as well. Uh, but... Yeah. I, I do like Flox's little joke that you're going to find it hard to find him. He's going to blend into the out, uh, outside. I thought it was a genuinely like funny bit of writing there. I love Flox in this episode. Yeah, I, I think Flox is great um, throughout the show, but I, I do like him in this episode. It, it almost saves it for me, you know? Yeah. I think that, that Flox is the best version of A Day in the Life that we get in this episode because we learn a lot about his character, which is what A Day in, in the Life stories should be about. It's about yes. character and character interaction. Mm-hmm. And it should Flox be about like, motivation too, right? Like, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. And I, I feel like they hit that with Flux really, really well. And what they tried to do with Archer in that sense, I just feel like never actually clicks. Um, but all the backstory we get about him talking about his wives and his children and the relationships that he has with his children, Which some he's really close with and some he's yeah. just doesn't get along with, but even the ones he doesn't get along with, he still misses them. I thought all of that was just so well done and wonderfully written and wonderfully delivered as well. Um, John Billingsley, the, the actor who plays Fox is, is great. I absolutely mm-hmm. love him in this show. He like, there is rarely a Fox scene that I don't like because of his performance. And, and he carried a lot of emotional weight kind of unexpectedly in in that mm-hmm. conversation and and i think all of that just works perfectly here and it it makes me wish that the rest of the episode lived up to it and your idea yes. of making this a night on nx01 instead of a night in sick bay where we get little vignettes like that of everybody would have been just a really cool thing to see um yeah fox is great i love fox <laughs> I, I would love to see more about just denoblians in general because like he's the only one well, I guess we we maybe see. Do we see? We saw two in Lower Decks, uh, a couple of episodes. Right. It's the Mugatu one, isn't it? They're the ones who find the Mugatu for the first time. Mm, yeah. um, but again, fleeting seconds uh, of denotions. Yeah. yeah, we've never actually been to the planet. I don't think so. Nope. Maybe no, on Discovery do. one day. Oh, <laughs> yes. Or Strange New Worlds. That would probably fit better there. Yes. Yeah. And sort of an aged flux because they live for for a long time, as he says in the oh, episode. Oh, John Billingsley's still back. around. Exactly. Oh my god, that would be That's really amazing. good. And he's the one sort of passing it on to Nurse Chapel that he taught, you know, taught Nurse <gasps> Chapel, and there's this whole thing, and he's the really That's nice doctor. And exactly. There's so many <laughs> things you could go with. Just um, bring him back as the doctor for Strange yeah. New Worlds. Yeah. Just have him be back on the show. Have it be Flox again. Yes. Let's start a petition. He's always going to work on an Enterprise we'll again. We should be able That's to get it. them to rework that into season one, right? Yeah. <laughs> then he talks about this one time he tried to make this origami uh, bird and he was capturing his <laughs> bat. And it just goes back into this whole thing again. Um, it's just a flashback to this episode. A <laughs> <laughs> it's a clip show to an entirely different series. <laughs> I guess Discovery's already done that once, so why not? Very they did, they did the, the whole previously on Star Trek thing and showed the original true. pilot. Very oh. true. Uh, right, where do we leave? Yeah, so uh, we discussed three wives, three husbands each. Um, uh, Archer says it's complicated. Why else be polygamous? I did like that line. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, five kids, but two sons he's estranged from. I think that's pretty good batting averages. Um I think I'll be lucky, you know, if I get <laughs> all three of my sons to actually like me in the years to come. Um, uh, they live a long time, as we've just said. So there's possibility. Yeah, it could be in Strange New Worlds. Um, he, uh, d- uh, Flox is the first one to sort of start Archer on the apology bandwagon. Like uh, He apologizes for something he said about the Denobulans because of the lemurs. And that's yeah. what sort of gets him thinking about it. If again, if this had been a ploy by flocks using his psychiatry degree to constantly badger him and deal with him and actually porthos was fine he was giving him like a counter worry and it was a whole ploy and we figured out that flocks was actually the one trying to get him to accept an apology and maybe at the end there's a little scene between him and to and say look it worked we finally got him to come round to it would that have made it a better (laughs) episode and that actually they've been playing him the whole time interesting Hmm. uh interesting that's an interesting concept uh i would say if your ploy 
involves making a man think that his dog is dying, you are a jerk. So I would hope that they would come up with some other thing for him to be stressed about. But but the concept is interesting. That like yeah, like if that if... would explain the fake dog. <laughs> Porthos is absolutely fine. Not very observant. <laughs> he comes running in at the end of the episode. And some pooper scooper out the back. <laughs> oh. It's like, oh, you're on candid camera. Exactly. <laughs> it's a ploy on the episode Fallen Hero where we just had, where they, they played the whole ploy and they thought they'd killed the ambassador, but she turns up at the very end in sickbay and she's perfectly well. Oh, they just did the exact same episode again. Um, uh, but he's accepted that he's got to do apologies. And now we get the apology scene. We get the whole ceremony with the Kratassans, uh cutting off bits of wood, laying them in a geometric pattern and doing like a hurrah and doing a weird hand gesture thing um there's a weird wink to hoshi even though hoshi hasn't was... really played a whole part of the episode as if that <laughs> there was a yeah. whole scene we didn't get to see hoshi gave him the the instructions though. hoshi gave him the what what he was gonna have to do to apologize but i thought that was a wink at to paul i didn't read it as a wink because ah. she's standing there as well but I was so excited for them to like for him to wink and then from just like hitting the head by a club and they're like, how dare you close one eye in front of us? <laughs> I I got to admit, I kind of loved how bonkers that whole ceremony was. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. It was pretty over the top, but it felt I don't know. It felt like something that wouldn't be out of place in TOS, like mm-hmm. the chainsaw included, you know, like. <laughs> just something about something about it was just really weird i I don't know i mean if you're if you're gonna make an episode this weird you might as well just go for it you know at this point very true very true i mean lower decks could probably have something just as crazy and it'll just keep going and uh, even shack said that he can't stand uh wood worshippers so maybe (laughs) call back to the critassins where he offends them because he deliberately doesn't get it right uh and brings a crystal instead of a piece of wood it did it it did feel more (sighs) silly isn't quite the right word but it's the word i'm coming up with it felt more silly than the rest of the episode like Mm -hmm. like it it felt tonally a little out of place where it's like okay this is what we're doing Um, which is why i think it's a dream sequence (laughs) <laughs> the does whole make thing. a lot of sense it's all a dream yeah i didn't um, i didn't dislike it but it did feel a, i, I liked sort of, it i should say but it I'm felt a little of, out of place i'm sort of wondering though what was okay so the tree worshippers but they're sacrificing this tree yeah that's what i was wondering like because your dog peed on it we're cutting yeah is it down. the one it he peed on and therefore he has to so sacrifice clean and then therefore yeah I, I was wondering about that like what's the logic here you know mm. i mm. assumed that was the case that it was like your dog ruined our tree so you have to give the tree a burial ceremony basically. yeah i guess that maybe that's true makes sense yeah I, but they're okay with it being a chainsaw I, isn't there some i don't know that seemed quite it would Rough, have taken a lot quite aggressive. longer if he had to do it with an axe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> have you all seen that for... video? There's a couple of them out there, but videos of people punching trees down. No. There's a video of like Jesus. some like martial artist from Europe punching a tree down. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like wailing on it like Goku. It's really cool. Oh, um, uh, I had an actual point about Star Trek to make, but I forgot it. Oh, I remember. The, <laughs> this the, episode the, have a point? the outfit. The outfit he's wearing when he does the apology thing. Did mm-hmm. either of you notice the strange inconsistency in his outfit? He's wearing no. pants. Wait, and what? they don't wear pants on on Enterprise. They wear a jumpsuit. 
This is the one and only time we see the jumpsuit as pants rather than as a jumpsuit. So either there's there's a hidden attachment and the jumpsuit is not in fact an attachment, or he put on a special pair of uniform pants so that he could take his shirt off for the ceremony. He put the big boy pants on, basically. He was a 16-year-old for the rest of the episode, and then he beca- became an adult by the end. He was a man by the end. Oh, he and then he put his onesie back on at the end. Exactly. It's a coming-of-age story. <laughs> Two more onesies. Yeah, I think we've just made at least five different episodes that are way better than the one we just watched. Um, it's not the bad. Journey That's the thing. Of, this episode isn't that bad. It's bad. just the hero's play. journey. It's just... It's the hero's journey of Archer overcoming his horniness. That's what it is. That's <laughs> heroically overcoming. Yes. And then chopping a tree down. Porthos <laughs> <laughs> uh, is fine and everything's okay. Archer does have some dark eyes. There are sort of dark circles under his eyes. This is the one, the one time where he'd actually look tired. Now, hang on, because you say Porthos is fine. The problem with that is he does the ceremony and then he's just sitting in his quarters, eating some crackers and reading a magazine or something. And then Fox is like, oh, hey, your dog's not dead. And I'm like, what? How come he's not down there? Like, what's he doing in his quarters? I, I literally, I assumed that the apology ceremony was a couple of days later. I did not realize it was the same day because I was like, he's so concerned about his dog. There should have been a scene where he's like, Hey, Porthos, I'm going to go do the thing because I realized I should have done it in the first place. So I'll be back soon, buddy. And then when he when he transported back on the ship, Porthos should have come running up and jumped into his arms because then I would have Very understood true. it was all the same day. Instead, it was like, by the way, dude, remember your dog that you're all worried about? Like, I, he's still he's still in sick bay. Your dog, the dying dog. If you're finished with your snack up there, you can come check on him. Sorry, uh, Doctor Flux. The uh, the script says it's a night in sickbay. It can't be a night and a day and a bit of an hour after that as well. So maybe that's it. Makes sense. Uh, any other thoughts on the episode uh, before we leave? Well, speaking of Porthos, um, later on in the Kelvin universe, Scotty makes a reference to something about Admiral Archer's prized beagle. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's the same? dog i don't know if that's actually possible eagles live a lot longer in the future (laughs) i mean (laughs) supposedly healthcare is a little bit better by then but yeah and what if this gland well how long lived is the (gasps) chameleon has it adjusted (laughs) his dna (laughs) that would be interesting yeah maybe he can blend into the environment and scotty did do the experiment properly and he can't be found he's literally been sat there the whole time and no one's paying attention to this poor little beagle that's just sat there invisible all the time the invisible little beagle there we go that's that's a kid's Um, book right there i'm gonna write that one Ah, that sounds awesome I, I, I just remembered a, a bit I didn't mention, which is the uh, where where he's going to do that transplant. And and Archer's like, has anyone ever done this before? And he's like, nope, but I'm really good at my job, so I'm going to do it. And Archer freaks out at him. He's like, oh, you're right. It's probably best if you take care of this procedure, you dummy. And he's like, oh, no, never, never mind. I'm like, yeah, that's some, that's some good fogs. Yep. <laughs> He's playing mind games. He's just playing mind games the whole episode. That's all it is. Um, that's it. That's the end of the episode. We finish on Flox's uh, e- elongated smile. Uh, the second time oh, yeah. we've seen the elongated yes. smile. Um, that, I do uh, love that. We've got that did, CGI down, so that's good. Did you all talk about his big tongue while I was gone? Yes. We did. Oh, good. Very, very oh, good. Very, very, very. I what can't was... wait to hear you talk about his big tongue. 
<laughs> feel free if you want to jump in here about he, the tongue. He, he just got a big tongue. It's, it's real big. He had to wipe slime off of it. <laughs> That's all. It's just a big tongue. I just like that he has a big tongue. It makes me happy. Wonder... Don't, Eric. Are... No, Eric, <laughs> Never <mind>. down. <laughs> Go right ahead. <laughs> and we'll get the spray bottle. <laughs> I just had a hoarding comment. It's probably best that I don't say it out loud. But Oh, my, my, my. <laughs> Imagine what he could do satisfying the cells with that tongue. <laughs> Three very happy wives. Anyway, um, yes. moving on. <laughs> so other than happy wives, we've got consequences next. Your analogy is very colorful, Captain, but I question whether it addresses the consequences. Consequences, 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 consequences. The concept of learning from one's mistakes shouldn't be difficult for a Vulcan of your wisdom to understand, Ambassador. I don't wish to contradict Captain Archer, but learning from one's mistakes is hardly exclusive to humans. In our rating system, so we've done locating the episode, we've figured out that it was a night in sick bay sort of and uh we move on to our criteria consequences for the episode is there anything that happens in this episode that changes how starfleet and the rest of history will unfold hmm. i wonder if flox is going to go back to his planet and try to uh, make up with his son at some point or sons it feels like that might happen like like him actually like saying this... that out loud might have been yeah. important for him mm-hmm I don't, also, Porthos is now immortal, apparently, and invisible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and lost somewhere. Um, I do wonder, as I often do with Enterprise, about the question of consequences, because I could see this particular influence. I, I mean, the, the way I kind of imagine it is that the people who are going to write the protocols that will be established for starfleet are basically flipping through archer's captain's log to figure out what those protocols should be and the massive screw up that happened in this episode and then the massive or rather preceding this episode and then the second massive screw up that happened preceding this episode both feel like they could have impacted how future um uh uh, first contact missions go but i don't think we see that explicitly the thing that I do know is bring your dog on an away mission. <laughs> like, I don't think we ever see dogs go on away missions again after this. And yeah. so I wonder, you know, there are pets. We know that Starfleet officers can have pets. Data has a cat that's sometimes male and sometimes female. So we know that pets happen in Starfleet. Picard is a goldfish. He don't bring his goldfish down with him on away missions. <laughs> and so I wonder if that's because of, of this episode or, or rather the events preceding this episode. I really wished I'd seen him like Livingston just in this little round bowl. It's like, <laughs> yes, uh, where can I put my fish uh, over there? <laughs> now let's discuss the treaty. Um, and just the aliens are just looking at it. They're shark aliens, and maybe they just want to feed on him. And it's like, can we eat your fish? No. Oh, I just imagined chain of command, but Picard took the goldfish with him, and then Gulmar set is torturing the goldfish, and it made me really sad. There are four bubbles. <laughs> oh my god, that's great. That's a good. That's a good reference. I made myself really sad with that image. Like that bummed me out. <laughs> Oh. Torturing goldfish and lost beagles. I like this. This is a good episode. <laughs> um, 
yeah I, yeah i agree with you that other than first contact protocols i can't think of any other major consequences uh, other than the, you know, the surgery on dogs as well so we know that this chameleon can be used to save dogs if pituitary glands and everything sort of mess up uh so uh, an, un- an unknown medical procedure also carry spare parts so you don't have to be begging for yeah. spare parts what if you just had some spare parts with you and then you wouldn't have to beg for the spare parts <laughs> why isn't there just one spare injector somewhere laying around somewhere they should have at least one spare, right? Well, they do exactly. have one spare because they're using five, but it can run on four. <laughs> that scares me. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're talking about a warp core. You don't mess with that. Like, <laughs> you're talking about matter, antimatter. Like, don't just assume it'll be okay. You want to have as many redundancies as possible with that thing. Uh, after that, um, we've got uh, alterations now. Yeah, we could go into many alterations, and we have in the episode discussion expansions as well. So, is there anything you would want to see come back to in this episode? Would you want to see the Cretassins again? Would you want to see more Porthos stories in the future? If <laughs> if you were writing Enterprise at this point, oh, uh, at this point. is yeah, if the, was there something else you would want to bring out from this episode, or just completely change? The biggest alteration I'd like to see, the biggest continuation rather, would be um, building on Fox's character because there's a lot we learn about him here that you could play with. Um, I think we meet one of his wives later. I don't believe we've met her yet in the series. So they do actually pick up at least one thread that is kind of set up in this episode. Um, But that's the thing that I would be most inclined to to pull on from this. As far as alterations to the episode though, we've talked about a lot of like specific things but the biggest thing is I would just give this to different writers. I don't think that yeah. this was this was Pillar and Berman as most of Enterprises. And I just don't think they knew how to write a day in the life story very well. And like, I know Love or Hayden, a lot of people have a lot of opinions, but just give Kevin Smith this episode. I think Kevin Smith could write this oh, episode. Like it literally write an episode. episode. Yes. Just write an episode where nothing happens. And it's just about mm-hmm. the characters being there while no big major thing is happening and you could do something really really cool with that idea and it just it never quite works in this instance and that's i mean that is what that is what kevin smith does is writes a couple people hanging out while nothing happens yeah Yeah. exactly yeah oh man i really i really want it would have to it would have to air after 9 p.m in the uk though so that (laughs) his dialogue would be allowed on television more than happy for that if there's one episode of enterprise you have to tune in a little bit later that's absolutely <laughs> fine but yeah I, yeah i have some crew members down by the the pool table because we have established there is a pool table somewhere on enterprise yep. based on something trip said oh, weeks yeah. ago um you know what if there's two crew members and it's like oh you remember when we were invaded by those weird big alien guys uh, the big eared <laughs> aliens uh, what do they call themselves? Oh, we've never found out. Oh, okay, fair enough. And just you know, all these kind of little... <laughs> Nobody just... write down what they look like or what they <laughs> act like or how they talk, what their society is based on. Don't write any of that down because no. if we do, then it'll complicate the timeline. Yeah. And what if in the future we need to know who they are? Nah, it's never going to happen. That's fine. Um, Some guys showed up and yeah. it was bad. Archer <laughs> yelled a lot. The end. They were orange. That's all we've got. Um <laughs> uh but yeah any other expansions anything you'd want to come back to on this episode Cretassins, maybe to see the Cretassins again yeah i think i'm okay without revisiting their planet i don't they're yeah. good they're good at metallurgy that's the one they're good at metallurgy <laughs> and they're sticklers for protocol those are the two things i know about them uh yeah um 
we go from uh, A for uh, alterations and expansions, I suppose, to R for recommendations. Now, the two strands to this, Star Trek fans and non-Star Trek fans, starting with Star Trek fans. Is this episode, and I think I know where the <laughs> this is going to go, um, <laughs> is this episode a good example of Star Trek for Star Trek fans? It's not a good example of Star Trek for Star Trek fans. No, not but. It, again, I just keep coming back to Fox. Fox has like like five solid yes. minutes in this episode that are really, really good. Yeah. And I think that like this episode can make a Fox fan. And yes, I, I, I think that he's a very cool character all the time, but there's this, there's just a good condensed amount of Fox here. And, and Fox is a character I've always liked. It's a character I've come to like even more mm-hmm. in recent years. There are a lot of Star Trek episodes that I don't think are very good episodes, but have a thing that makes them worth watching as a Star Trek right. fan, and that's where this one falls for me. Yeah, I think it's it's a central it's a central watching. Like, don't skip this one because mm-hmm. of the flock stuff, and maybe Porthos. Porthos is cute, uh, but it's a weird one. I don't think <laughs> it's a great example of Star Trek. Well, is it? So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the thread here, Eric, and, and probably take Daniel's next question. Is it a central viewing? when you're already a star trek fan or if somebody new is oh, coming to star trek like i would oh, never okay, show a new point. person yeah. this episode i maybe mm. misspoke yeah because it's it's just <laughs> it's not it, that's the thing is it's not essential viewing to me but it's still kind of fun like that's where it falls for me it has its moments <laughs> it's it's unessential but, viewing, but the worst but episodes viewing. of star trek typically do have their moments yeah <laughs> i think worse. eric our view is also skewed because of having done too young for this truck for yes. two years and <laughs> and point. we've we've watched a lot of bad star trek in the past oh, yeah. two years oh, yeah. uh that so, changes things a bit so if your focus is horniness in star trek oh my this is probably the best example oh god no we're near the best example this isn't even it's... top 10 on the horniness scale oh my come on it's up there. I don't think it's top ten either, though. Have you yeah. seen Threshold <laughs> or Bound? <laughs> oh. oh my! I suppose yeah. A drop of a hat. Don't say that oh, name. Shh. You have to put in a Tyler Tyler warning. Oh sorry, yeah. Tyler Tyler. If you're listening to this, take off your headphones. Tyler, <laughs> forget that that you didn't hear that. You didn't hear. I didn't that. say. I didn't. I just said no. I'll just bleep myself. That's fine. The 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 horniness ding went over the top of that, so it's okay. Yeah, perfect. Uh, okay. Whew. Whew. <laughs> Are you actually watching that soon? So, okay, or? Tyler can't listen to this show because your show will spoil Star Trek of for course, him, so he doesn't listen to this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, this season, Tyler is trying to find the episode. Oh my. He does not know the episode title. He just right. knows it as the Fong Planet. And so he's trying to find the episode <laughs> that has Fong Planet. To, so. Um, so he's looking for that episode. That is it's like funny, the premise the of this season. It doesn't give it away at all. Like, no. Not at all. But he's made a list of 25 episode titles that he thinks might be the one. And it's in there, but he doesn't know it. So he's trying to find it and he doesn't know which episode it is. To be fair, this is his, yeah. like his third list before he finally got it in yeah. there. It took him yeah, a like long time first, to, to. He had like a list of like thirty episodes, and it wasn't on the list. And we're like, "Nope, try again, oh, go fish." <laughs> it was pretty funny. Oh my god! Uh, I mean, it, yeah, a short of you know the episode being called "Aryan Sex Planet." I don't think there really is ever going to be <laughs> an easy way for him to find that episode. Oh god! Yeah. Um, to non-Star Trek fans, do you feel I like? Know. Do you feel like this is like one that Tyler's going to go? Yes, I, I can't. I can't believe you didn't show this to me earlier. 
I kind of hope we get to this episode soon because I feel like it's very relevant. <laughs> but the thing that bums me out about that question is that this premise should be a great entry point. Oh, it to should be good. Fans. Yeah. Like that idea of a, just a day in the life. Like I think Data's Day would probably mm. be a really cool first episode for a non-Star Trek fan because it 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 kind of takes you by the hand through the premise of the show. And this this episode, I just don't think does that, or, or or rather, it's not interesting enough to pull that off. I think it's trying to do that a little bit, but it doesn't pull it off. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't show this to someone completely new to Star Trek, but if they were maybe if they had seen some Star Trek and wanted or were curious about Enterprise, and it happened to be on, maybe I, it's hard to say because like the Flox moments are great. There's some funny parts to it. Uh, but yeah, it's not not a great episode of Enterprise. I think it should be more. It should be a little more wacky. I think if it was a little a little sillier and a little less pent up boners, then it would work <laughs> better. But it doesn't. It doesn't balance those two things. Mm. Yeah, is it? So it's one of those episodes where you, you could take out one scene and say, "Look, this is a great example of this character." If you were building up yeah. like a profile of Flox take this out and yeah like, this goes on the, the fox the box just, this, i would say yeah. just that scene yeah <laughs> yeah if they catch you know a glimpse of the dog being pickled they might think oh my god the dog's gonna get hurt and that sort of thing. Yeah. don't worry about that bit just, just focus on what he's saying about just to put in the line <laughs> the you're gonna drown fine. my dog like why come on doesn't make any yeah. sense they've got like hermetically sealed rooms they could easily have done it in the decon chamber or something mm-hmm. like uh, just uh, so many things um I to super hydrate the dog <laughs> I'm gonna drown my dog. <laughs> gonna drown him. It's fine. You're gonna drown him for an hour. That, it's that's... only an hour. Oh my god. Oh yeah. But yeah, as I said to Troy again before we started recording, I really hope that there's some millionaire millionaire out there who bought it in an auction, and there is a pickled Porthos somewhere <laughs> in someone's basement or uh, your man cave or something, just sitting there for all time. Um, I don't have that. I would, t- I would take the dog in the isolation container. The, 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 just the just the stuffed dog going down that one i could have the pickled dog would be too much yeah it doesn't really fit on a shelf i suppose that is that's true um uh, any other thoughts on the episode before we finish off hmm. <laughs> nah. I, I just it, yeah it's, I... it's it's just kind of a nothing episode i don't i don't like i said it doesn't offend me it just it's a lot of like oh i see where this could have been really good but it's yeah. but it's not but it could have been and I guess that's that's kind of my review of Enterprise in general is, oh, this this is almost great. <laughs> yeah, they almost had it. Uh, a lot of missed opportunities. This this maybe is a good example of what Enterprise is like. <laughs> now that I think that's about it, very like, true. It has a lot of the strengths and weaknesses on full display for the show. So very true. You know, a new person Enterprise and, they, and you go, well, what do you think? And they're like, yeah, it was all right. And you're like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, you get it. <laughs> now let's go watch some TNG. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what or they TS9. were going for, but this is what it's, it's supposed to be. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's a really good point. Yeah, what if it is a good... Uh, uh, so, yeah, it is directly if you could, in the center of yeah. the Enterprise bell curve. If you could create a microcosm <laughs> of Enterprise in one go... You've got, you've got your horniness. You've got oh, my. Your sexiness. You've got, oh, my, my, my. You've got, 
You got more flux. You've got archers. You know, archers. Racist. No Travis. Archer being got a that there. No Travis. Yeah. No Travis whatsoever. No Travis. He's mentioned. He's <laughs> mentioned, but never seen. There is Vulcans a lot are sex there. objects more than they are characters, oh, so that's important. Very yeah. true. Yeah, maybe it is. Ooh, I like that. And I like, Fox yeah. is pretty cool. Like, <laughs> and Fox is pretty. Learn cool. more about that guy. <laughs> very true. <laughs> Even I wish there was more Fox smile. in this. Yeah. <laughs> Star Trek Enterprise. I wish there was more Fox in this. Yeah. God, I oh, no. really hope he comes my back to Strange New Worlds. I have to. I have to emergency beam out and go get my child, guys. I'm sorry. Oh, right. That is it, though. That is. We have reached the end of the episode. So, um, just before we go, remind the listeners uh, where they can find you and uh, what they can uh, get in touch with you with on uh, social medias. I'll go first since I have to run away. I'm Troy. You can find me on at twitter.com slash troidalpower or go to troidalpower.com, a website that I don't keep up at all. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just do a bunch of dumb stuff and I, I'll probably make you laugh once in a while. That's my that's my not quite a guarantee. Uh, and if you follow me at twitter.com slash troidalpower, you can find all of that dumb stuff along with me yelling about how the world is a dumpster fire. Uh, Eric will tell you about too young for this check. Goodbye. Bye-bye, Troy. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was super fun. We'll have to get you on our show, and sometime I'm going to come back, and I'm going to sing the Enterprise theme song at you, I promise. Eric, where can everyone find you? Yeah, so like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, um, I'm all over the place with podcasting these days. Uh, Epic Tales of History, Comic Zombie, uh, Too Young for This Trek with uh, Troy, Tyler, and MC. Um, It's a fun show if you like star trek which presumably you do if you're listening mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> there's a lot of hate like, listeners i get you know that's fine yeah and like <laughs> troy mentioned we definitely have to get you on there at some point yes. it'll be Love to. very on brand with the temporal trek uh thing because we're already in several time zones on that show on a regular basis so we're just <laughs> gonna make it extra complicated we got mc in australia you know uh troy is over on the west coast and tyler and i are on the east coast of the states so it'll be a fun time definitely looking forward to that that'll be great um and then you can find me on social media at eric slater that's eric with the k slater with the d excellent and uh, epic fails of history um when is the next episode sort of slated for this episode's due to come out march 2022 uh, any plans for the next episode on epic fails yeah, so the show is sort of on hiatus right now just because I gave myself too many projects to juggle. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm, let's see, this comes out in March ish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I should be coming back with a new episode soon. I think I'm aiming for <laughs> May. I, 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 you know, just because I, yeah, so, and I'll probably have a mini episode out before this to <laughs> explain that it's going to be going on hiatus for a little bit. But it will be back, and I've got Excellent. a lot of cool stuff planned. I got some cool guests lined up. Uh, yeah, just uh, life happens, you know. <laughs> yes, it does. It really does. It's always in the way, especially with podcasting. It's always something that happens. Um, but no, thank thank you very much uh, for for you and for Troy being on this show because um, it's just so much better when I've got guests and it's not a, a solo show because I don't want to put the listeners through a solo show ever again. Um, <laughs> so, you know, just having someone already elevates the episode and you guys have been fantastic. I've got oh, way more, you. way more out of this episode than I thought we were going to get as well. So you two have I'm made glad it we didn't completely. Idea. I'm glad we didn't get completely off track. You know, like, <laughs> I know we, we tend to go on tangents and stuff, but no, this is fun. Thank you so much. I got to come back some point. 
Absolutely. Well, yep. You're welcome to come back. Um, I will be sending out spreadsheets and invites and getting people organized. So uh, I cannot wait to have everybody back again. Um, right. That's it. Um, the last criteria for the episode then is the setup for next week's episode. Join us next time for season three, episode 32 of the podcast and season two, episode six of Enterprise as we go to uh, the Magnificent Seven. Oh, sorry. That's the Marauders uh, episode <laughs> as uh, we face off with the Klingons for the first time in ages. But there we go. Uh, hopefully Dan will be back and it will be the two of us on the episode. Uh, but um, that's it for now. Thank you very much for listening and I'll see you in the next time stream. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please remember to like, subscribe and review wherever you listen to it. If you would like to be a guest in the future or give feedback, you can contact me by either searching for the Temporal Trek Podcast Facebook page or find me on Twitter at Rider underscore Coattail. Also search the Temporal Trek Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at Daniel underscore Hitch underscore Writer. Scripted elements of the show or a work of pure fan fiction, and any views and opinions expressed in the episode discussions are my own or that of the guest. They do not reflect the rights holders of Star Trek. Any Star Trek sound effects or music are used under the terms of fair use and are not my own work. The intro music, Birthright by Audio Binger, is royalty-free from the Free Music Archive. Check out their work and others at freemusicarchive.com. The Temple Trek is a free podcast with no Patreon or sponsorship. However, if you would like to support the show, you can find my books by searching Daniel Peter Hitch on Amazon. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next time stream. Oh my, my, my. Perfect. There we go. That's my awesome. cutoff. There we go. Well, well, hopefully uh, there weren't too many audio issues on my end no. today. No, it was all good. Crystal clear. I think I froze awesome. up a couple of times, so I probably lost five minutes, but that's all good. But it's all good. Oh, okay. I do have the uh, audio backup on my end. If you need it, let me know. Ooh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to send it to me and then I can keep sure. it in the same folder and then I've always got it just in case. So, yeah, yeah. if you don't mind, that would be fantastic. Thank you. Definitely will do. Yeah. Well, thank you again. This is awesome. <laughs> yes. Oh, so great. Ed. I've always wanted to get you guys on it because listening to, to Too Young, I just wanted to make sure that you guys could be on here because I, I reference you all the time and I'm always sort of talking about the show. Um, so it's so fantastic to 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 finally have you guys on here as well. Just to, to, I'm so used to listening to you at one and a half speed because to keep up oh. with all the podcasts, <laughs> yeah, you guys speak a lot faster that. on there. <laughs> yeah, I need to start doing that because there's so many podcasts like i i really and i love podcasts and i have mm -hmm. oh i have like 200 <laughs> on my list that i need to catch up on at all times so you're gonna be even faster when, I, when I listen back to these ones so i can sort of pick out any key things and then advertise it on on twitter and i always listen to that at like two or two and a half speed just so i can sort of get through it quickly because i already know what's coming up i've edited oh, yeah, it and yeah. things um, so you're going to be even faster when I listen to you on this one again. So oh. it's going to be very interesting to see how everyone uh, speaks at that speed. Yeah, but there definitely. we go. All right. Um, I've kept you long enough. Um, thank you very much. And uh, I will see you soon. Sounds good. Talk Excellent. to you later, man. Keep no worries. Touch. See you later.